Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. And let me start by saying, moms, happy Mother's Day. Can we give it up for all the moms in the house? Now, I'm lucky enough to have three different mothers in my life. Of course, my biological mom, Joy Parks, she's here this morning. Can we give it up for my mom? She's right back there. Um, My mom showed me love and what it meant to be a woman of God. She was uh, a minister because she was the wife of a pastor, and you do a lot of ministering if you're in that spot. Um, What I can say about my mom is um, I've never heard her complain a day in her life. She had plenty to complain about. She had rheumatoid arthritis when she was 26. She had to raise me. Plenty to complain about. She is an amazing woman. Another mom in my life is my mother-in-law, who honestly, Judy Hodges, um, has accepted me into their family from the beginning. And um, no matter how well I preach from week to week, and it can be a mixed bag, folks, I always get a text from Judy that says, you were awesome. And that's the text I read, no matter what the rest of you send me. (laughs) And then there's my wife, Chrissy Parks, mother to our three children, who is undoubtedly the most amazing mother, woman, on the planet. And I know on a day like today, it's actually sort of a complex holiday, Mother's Day. Because for some of us, it's unfettered joy, right? Because of what our moms were in our life or the mom role that we get to play. But for, for some, it's a pretty heavy holiday. Because being a mom hasn't happened yet and it's such a deep desire. For some of you, You're a mom and there's a distance between you and your children. Or maybe you're a child and there's a distance between you and your mom and it's heavy at this season. Or maybe you chose not to be a mom at all. And and it feels like maybe you're a second-class citizen in this holiday. Or maybe you lost a child. Or or you lost your mom. I, I don't know. I just know that wherever you find yourself this Mother's Day, at Forest City Church, you're, you're welcome. And we see you, and we are glad you're here. Amen? You know, I do want to talk about moms, though, for a minute, because it's as I was reflecting on all these wonderful motherly role models, what, what I stumbled across was there is, like, some universal things that all moms say. I don't know if you guys bought a book or it gets sent to you like when none of us dudes are looking, but it's like you moms say some of the same things no matter where you're from or where you grew up. Some of these things are like, um, you know, if you keep making that base, it will freeze that way. Universal mom truth, right? I've heard almost every mom say this to their child. If you want to act like a child, I'll treat you like one. Have ever said that to their kid, right? Um, <laughs> moms, you, in, you intuitively know that after you have to make a tough decision, so oftentimes you'll say this, one day you will thank me. Some of you moms are waiting for that thank you, aren't you? You're like, I'm waiting on it. Other things I've heard almost every 
mom say, God gave you a brain, son, would you use it? Or shut the door, were you born in a barn? You know, there's so much universality, even in the fact that all of us are unique and the journey of life is unique. There is this commonality of being a mom. And um, we thought it'd be kind of cool to bring out for just a few minutes some moms that share this universality, these pieces in common and thought maybe instead of me giving you some thoughts, maybe we'd ask some of our Forest City moms to come out and give us some of their thoughts about motherhood and their journey uh, on this Mother's Day. So will you help me welcome Ebony Gaines and our three mom guests? Guys, come on out. Guys, give it up for these moms. Good morning, Forest City Church, and happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers represented in the room today. I just want you to know you are seen, you are loved, and celebrated here at Forest City Church. We honor you, and we wanted to honor you in a special way this Sunday. So can you help me welcome our panelists for today? Okay, so I'm going to have all of you ladies introduce yourselves. How about we start with you, Sue? My name is Sue Scott, and I am originally from Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, so not too far over the border. Um, I'm married to Walt, and we have three children, um, a daughter who um, broke me in easy in the role of a mother, a son who represents the promise of eternity, and then a younger daughter who represents God's faithfulness in the gift of adoption. We can give her, we can give her a round of applause, Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Claire Dahlhauser. Um, I'm from Rockford as well, and uh, I have two lovely girls. Uh, I have Salem, my two-year-old, and then I have a seven-year-old stepdaughter. Good morning, Forest City Church. I am Ebony Wren. I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, and I currently live in Loves Park, Illinois. I have an amazing 12-year-old son who is super resilient and intelligent and all the good things. And I have a very um, spectacular daughter that is five years old, going on 15. Um, I'm sure all the girl moms in the room can relate, so. Well, first of all, thank you all for agreeing to do this and sharing with us today. Um, so. Just for clarity, I am not a mother. Um, and so from an outsider's perspective, um, when I think of motherhood, two specific scripture verses come to mind. And they're both from Proverbs 31. And the first one is Proverbs 31, verse 25. And it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. And for me, that just represents motherhood, like to be clothed with strength, to be strong and resilient, right? But also to stand tall and, and with dignity and have honor and esteem. So the second verse is verse 28, and it says, her children arise and call her blessed. And I think that's almost every mother's dream, right? For her children to sit back and look up at her and say, yeah, my mother's blessed and she's blessed me. So I have a question for you guys, <laughs> and uh, it's a two-part question. 
So first, how has God met you in your own specific journey in motherhood? And what advice would you give to maybe the mothers here in the room today who may find some commonality with your story? We'll start with you, Sue. You can go <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> when I got married and finished college and all the things, I remember thinking that I didn't have nearly the aspiration for career as I did to be a good mom. And so God, of course, met me as helper, as support, as wisdom, as strength, all the things that you need to be a good mom, a good parent. He also met me as comfort and peace and hope after the loss of a son. And then he was also overflowing love and mercy for answered prayers with adoption as we welcomed our daughter into our family. So I guess the message that I would have to others, and mostly for your moms, but for all of us in the room, right, is to trust him with your prayers, trust his heart and his character during disappointment and heartache and times when life doesn't go as you planned it, and then watch and see how he answers those prayers. God has met me in a lot of different places throughout motherhood, uh, especially considering I was not planning on being a mom. Uh, I was not planning on getting married or being a mother at any point or living in Rockford. Uh, I was living in Chicago, getting ready to go travel abroad. Um, I had my own plan set out for me, and I was pretty determined to follow that plan, and that was my first red flag. Um, God always has a better plan. And I very soon met my uh, now husband, um, and he, when we started uh, getting to know each other and eventually started dating, uh, leading to engagement, he had a daughter already. Um, that's my lovely seven-year-old stepdaughter now. Um, but she was my first insight into what motherhood looked like as I uh, slowly realized I was stepping into the doors of being a stepmom. Um, and it was overwhelming. It was a lot at first. And it took a lot of digging to figure out how to step into those shoes. Um, but God just handed it to me and said, this is what you're doing, by the way. This is the plan. This is the actual plan. Um, no matter what you thought. Um, it was a huge learning experience for me. But it, it really did open my heart to a new way that I was going to be progressing my life with my lovely girls as very soon after we got married, we had my little daughter, uh, Salem, who loves it here, by the way. Um, and the advice I would give out to you guys, anybody, but uh, especially women, <laughs> you have every right to think and plan for yourself and be, you know, whatever your, your goals are, try to achieve them. Just be flexible because God probably has a plan, too, for you, and he's going to make sure that it is perfectly tailor-fit for you, and it's always better than what you've got planned. <laughs> Amen. So speaking of plans, um, my journey through motherhood was not necessarily a traditional one. Um, I was a young mom, so I definitely empathize if there are any young moms in the room. Um, I was 19 at the time when I was expecting my first child, Isaiah. 
And I always say that motherhood saved me. Um, motherhood brought me closer to God. Motherhood embarked me on a spiritual growth journey like never before. Um, God's grace and provision met me throughout the journey on days when I didn't know how to show up or how to feel or how to navigate motherhood. And then when I think about my daughter, how he continued to meet me was in my surrender. Um, looking back, I do work in the maternal health field now, so looking back, I definitely navigated postpartum. And sometimes, not sometimes, most times as moms, we keep going, no matter what, we keep going, we pick it up, we keep going. And looking back, when I literally surrendered and I was like, God, I ain't got it. Like, I, this is you. This is on you, parenting, providing for them. I don't know. So, like, God literally met me in my mess. <laughs> um, and he meets me daily, and he continues to meet me. And so if I were to encourage or give advice to anyone, it's that the same God who authored my story and has provided grace and provision and restoration on days when I didn't know how, he is the author of your story too. And so in your walk of motherhood, don't do it alone. Don't isolate. Find your tribe. Um, if you need, come talk to me. I'll be your tribe. <laughs> um, but don't do it alone and pray daily. God hears you. He sees you. And if you want to talk to anybody, you want to talk to him. So that would be my advice. Go ahead and preach. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you, ladies. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to read from uh, John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. And it says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that moment on, this disciple took her into his home. So I know you guys are probably like, that was a really weird scripture. Why'd she choose that one? <laughs> but so for context, here we are. We have Jesus essentially on his deathbed. He's on the cross and he's about to die for the sins of the world, the sins of humanity. And he looks down from the cross and he sees his mother weeping, undone, like completely lost it, right? And beside her, he sees, it says, the disciple whom he loved. And we know from context, that's John. So Jesus, despite the agony of that day, despite the pain of that moment, he essentially chooses to acknowledge his mother and care for her. And you're probably like, well, duh, it's his mom, right? Like, of course he's going to do that. But let's take a step back for a moment and, and realize where he's at. He's literally enduring and has endured the most brutal form of execution in history. Yet, in that moment, he still finds it within himself to set himself aside and intentionally make sure that his mother is seen, is loved, and is cared for. He recognizes the value in his mother, and despite all that he's going through in the moment, he chooses to acknowledge her. And for me, this is so powerful because I feel like it just reaffirms God's love, intentionality, care, and heart posture towards mothers. So I want to ask you guys a question. And so who has been a maternal figure in your life, not limited to your actual mother? 
that you honor or esteem in such a supernatural way that even in your darkest moment, you would drop everything just to tend to them? I, I was fortunate enough to have a good relationship with my birth mom. I, I'm quite certain I challenged her along the way because I thought I was pretty smart growing up, and she was um, not as confident nor educated nor, um, I don't know, accomplished perhaps. But over the years of watching her navigate life's surprises and heartaches, she has shown herself to be resilient and strong and wise and caring and gracious. And I don't think I have ever heard a crossword or an unkind comment come out of her mouth. And so she has been an example of a faithful life, even if she wasn't the most vocal. Um, I've also been blessed to have other women and friends and neighbors and colleagues and daughters who have become mothers themselves. And, you know, so many of you that have had the right word at the right time or the opportunity to be present or just the, the gifts you give by being yourself over the years that are so appreciated. And so I, I, I hope that you continue with that, with your intentionality, your other-centeredness, and just take opportunity to parent whoever might be in your path well. Um, I've had a lot of wonderful mother figures in my life. I've been very blessed with that. Um, but I find myself incredibly honored and extremely blessed that the person that fits this role for me is my biological mom. Um, we had a very strained relationship growing up, um, and I equate a lot of that to my teen years. Um, as you can see, it was not a phase. Uh, I was just always edgy. I was just always a little bit much pushing the envelope, um, but I struggled at a very young age um, with depression and anxiety, and uh, that also was something my mom was struggling with at the time because she was going through the loss of a family member. And uh, we, we just butt heads every second we got. Um, but it wasn't until about my early 20s, I had just gotten out of college just about, and um, I was hospitalized for uh, anorexia. It had gotten so bad that um, they're like, hey, she's, she's not going to make it if she's not, you know, taken care of. So... My mother literally dropped every single thing going on. And my mom is like a busybody human being. She is doing everything. She is organizing everything. She's everybody else's mother. She's working in three jobs. Like, she's the woman that could do it all. But she dropped every single thing and was like, nope, we're taking care of this. We're, we're getting you better. And she picked us up and she moved me and her to a different state. And every single day she was calling me or visiting me. Um, in the hospital, and then she pulled me out at some point when it was going to the next part of the program, and she created her own program um, to make sure that I was getting well, and she is single-handedly the reason that I, I made it alive, to be honest with you, um, and during that whole process, I started really realizing who she was and how much she had done for me over the years, even while she was struggling, and it opened my eyes to who I wanted to be as a woman, as a person, um, just the kindness that she showed and the endurance and the strength when I didn't know how she possibly had any. Um, and now our relationship is 
founded in that. Now she helps me and answers all my questions, being a mom. Um, and I, I'm just so honored that I even have that person in the person who gave birth to me. My mom is definitely um, the ultimate example of strength, dignity, um, a blessed woman. She's here today. Raise your hand, mom. I don't know where you are, but raise your hand. Uh, she's amazing. She doesn't like when I put her on the spot. There she is. Um, <laughs> but I also, um, she's all those great things, but I also want to um, give credit to the village, right? And so I was blessed to have a lot of aunts. A lot of my mom's friends became aunts, you know, sister friends growing up. Everybody's your cousin. So do we have any aunts in the room? Any godmothers? Any grandparents? Raise your hands. Yes. Um, you, you all as well deserve all of the honor because it really took a village um, to raise me. I definitely know through the, through the challenges and the triumphs, it took a village. So I give credit to the village. Um, and it's needed. It's necessary. I also give, I think we need to acknowledge the mother figures in our lives too. Um, mentors, they serve as mother figures. Our spiritual mentors, our professional mentors, they show up in mother figures and they protect us um, in ways that um, sometimes we can't protect ourselves. So a, a multitude of mother figures this way. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's give it up for them. Thank you, ladies, so much for choosing to share your Mother's Day with us and sharing your stories and your thoughts. Um, we really honor you and we appreciate it. Um, before we go ahead and turn over to the next portion of today, um, we want to read a litany over you guys and. I pray that every mother in the room, every aspiring mother, every mother-to-be, everyone who has a mothering capacity um, would open their hearts to receive this prayer today. So, Loving and nurturing God, we thank you for mothers, for all they mean and have meant to us. We thank you for the love they have shown and the care they have given. Loving and nurturing God, we thank you for the qualities of mothers, for their patience, their kindness, concern, and understanding, in so many ways reflecting who you are. Loving and nurturing God, we thank you for the wonder of your mothering. As a mother protects her children, you watch over us day by day. Your hands shield and deliver us from harm. Loving God, we pray for those whom Mother's Day brings heartache rather than celebration. We pray for those who have never known their mother or whose mothers have died. We thank you for your mothering heart and your love towards all who feel abandoned and lost. We wait with those who long to be mothers but as yet have not had their own children. We grieve with those who ache because they will never be mothers. We thank you for their mothering hearts which long to be expressed. Lord, we pray for those who struggle with the way their children have chosen to live their lives. We grieve with those who are orphaned or who have a difficult relationship with their mother. We thank you that when we long for a mother's love, you do not abandon us. We thank you that you gave birth to all of us with delight and joy. We thank you for the great love you have for us. Help us to love those you have placed in our care, not only today, but each and every day. Amen. Amen. 
let's give it up for these ladies one more time. Thank you so much. And happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers in the room again. Grace and peace. You know, if we were to describe what I often think about when it comes to mothers, like what's the word? What's the word we use when I hear these stories and I hear what so many of you moms are facing? The word impossible comes to mind. Like when I was a kid, there was this commercial. Some of you remember it. And I think so many of you mothers resonate with this commercial where it says, I bring home the bacon. I fry it up in a pan. It feels like what you're asked to do feels oftentimes impossible. Take care of your home, work a job, raise the kids, be a good wife. You carry so much on your shoulders, it sometimes seems impossible. And I was reminded, just as we end, I was reminded of a story about the impossible. We've been journeying through as a church all of Luke, and we're about to transition into Acts. We'll journey all that through till the end of the year. But if you go backward a few weeks, Luke chapter 7, there's a story. Verse 36, this is one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to his home. And in those days, it was pretty simple. You invite somebody to your home, and there's a couple things that you always do. One, you always greet them with a kiss. That's what you do. It'd be like a handshake. Second thing you always do is give a basin, some water to cleanse yourself because of the dust and the dirt. And then lastly, what you often would do is you would give your guest olive oil because they didn't have deodorant and it was hot and dirty. A kiss, some water, olive oil. And on this particular circumstance, Jesus shows up as an honored guest and he was given none of them. Now, we don't know why. I mean, maybe this Pharisee didn't like Jesus. You ever made somebody mad? Then you saw him, an old friend at the grocery store and they pretend like you don't exist. You ever have one of those moments? You know? You're like, they pretend like you're not there. I don't know. Maybe that's what this Pharisee's doing, showing Jesus up. But here's the thing, it wouldn't have just been a private slight in a grocery store, it was actually public because oftentimes at dinners like this, the least of these were invited. They would sit on the outer court waiting for food once the main dinner was finished. And so everyone would have seen Jesus being made a fool of. And nobody does anything in this story except for one woman. I love the quote that Marge Percy says, uh, a strong woman is a woman determined to do something others are determined not be done. And this woman sees the slight and in a moment of absolute courage does the impossible. See, she didn't have social standing. She didn't have status. She wasn't invited. To go and intervene was impossible. She knows, like, if she does this, she not only is going to get removed and her belly will be empty, she knows she will probably, because of her reputation, be killed. And yet something in her mind says, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot sit still. So in an act of defiance and bravery, this woman moves toward Jesus. The whole place would have gasped. 
And she knows she can't kiss him on his cheek because she's not an equal. And she has a bad reputation. And so she drops to her knees and she kisses his feet. And then she doesn't have a basin. So she begins to cry on his feet, water his feet. And then she cleans her feet with her hair, his feet with her hair. And then in an act that is so mom-like to me, she takes her most valuable possession and instead of using it for her, this oil that hung around her neck, she pours it on Jesus' feet because he wasn't given oil. Isn't this what moms do? How many things did my mom, did your mom, did that mom figure bypass something for, them, for themselves, for you? This woman does it. It's impossible. And I thought, where'd it come from? Where does the courage to do the impossible come from? Because whether you're a mom this mom's day or you're just a human being, all of us face things that feel impossible. The bills we can't pay, the child that's not going well, the death, death we didn't see, the diagnosis that just came. I mean, we all have our impossible. The stuff we wake up in the morning and gives us anxiety, the stuff that weighs on our minds as we lie in bed in the evenings, we all have our impossible. And they look different, but they still feel impossible. How'd she do it? Well, Jesus gives us a, key, a little bit of a clue. When he says in verse 47, so I tell you, and he's addressing the whole crowd who is asking the same question, going, where did this woman come from? He says, I tell you, her sins are forgiven. That's why she's shown such great love. I say it a little differently. She did the impossible because Jesus first did the improbable. See, he loved this woman right where she was. John Ortberg says it this way. He says, when that woman hears Jesus teach, the thought occurs to her that she, right there in her life, right there in her sin, that she's loved by God. He thinks of her and longs for her as if she were his daughter. She's valued, and it's not even too late for her. And that would have been impossible in her mind. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. I've disqualified. I've messed up. I've been counted out. There is nobody who can mend the brokenness in me, and yet Jesus does. And when he does... He gives this woman the faith to begin to believe that maybe anything's possible. That maybe because of what he did, anything is possible. And so this Mother's Day, I challenge all you moms first to find yourself in seasons looking at what feels unbearable, impossible, improbable, to maybe begin to change your focus. Because that woman gives us a model. In that moment, it wasn't about who she was, where she came from, what anybody thought. 
all she saw was a God that made anything possible. And that's all she could see. A God that makes anything possible means anything is possible. Moms, dads, children, everyone in this room, make no mistake. There's a fundamental battle being waged in your heart and your mind to believe the impossible, to believe that you'll never get up from where you are, that it'll never change, that your kids will never be okay, that life will never get fixed. There is an evil one and he is whispering constantly in your ear. It will never work out for you. It's impossible. Your marriage will never get fixed. This Mother's Day, we need to be reminded that maybe, just maybe, we should not center our our attention on the impossible, but rather center our attention on the God that makes everything possible. Amen. Amen. Some of you came in today, you've been counted out. You feel like the enemy's surrounded you. You're out of answers. You're out of fight, I know. But I do know a God that consistently does the impossible. It was so impossible that a man could be hung on one of those, that he could be stuck in a grave, and it is impossible that he could raise himself from the dead It's impossible, and yet, it's the cornerstone of our faith, a God of the impossible, making everything possible. Will you join me as we pray? God, I ask this morning for every mom, every woman, every man, every child that finds themselves facing the impossible, that we're reminded of this story, that when we focus On you, Jesus, we're able to see that anything is possible. Your death, your resurrection made a way for us, even if we don't feel, even if we don't feel like we deserve it. Father, help us focus on the God that makes all things possible this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen.